Good day, thinkers, thought leaders, progressors, and dreamers. I'm Craig the Writer Stewart, and this is so much to say. These are my thoughts in my voice on black shit, white shit, gay shit, and everything in between. Now, it's one thing to come out black and gay. It's another to come out Nigerian and gay. In this podcast, you're going to hear this guy tell a story of how he came out to his African family. He spoke of how traditional they are. In fact, he compared them to the Cosbys. He spoke very honestly about how this lifelong secret of his shattered his family, but how he believes his family will one day be restored. This was a secret, a secret that his mom carried for him, with him, for many years before his father actually knew, and how he was actually outed by his brother. My, my, my. Now that's a mess. He speaks about thoughts of suicide, his father disowning him, and his contentious relationship with his brother. So it's my intention that this podcast will inspire you to live your truth, to stand taller, and stop living your life with an apology. And I do understand that it's a very personal journey because it wasn't so long ago that I had to take those steps and I had to own my truth and I made the decision to live my life without an apology. But there's a freedom that comes with that. And that freedom is greater than any fear you could ever have. There's a peace of mind that, that cannot be explained that you will only understand once you begin to live your truth. But for those of you who may not identify as LGBTQ, it is my hope that if you have children and you are struggling to love, to continue loving your child because he or she identifies as gay and lesbian or trans or bisexual, that perhaps this story will, will speak to your heart, speak to your mind, and encourage you to see things differently. I'm calling this, you can't build on broken. So listen and enjoy. This is very personal work for me. Politics. Politics. I believe I was called to Sex. tell my story, use my voice, be a Gay voice people. for the community, to speak Black to people. and for a community of people Down that's been Ignored, denied, love, love, relationships, relationships, religion. This is my life's work. Religion, religion. I want to use words to uplift, Every heal, inspire, life. encourage. Do something different. Something different. Every Monday at ten. First of all, let's bring it back. So I'm here in Atlanta and shit. So before I left to go back home. I came to Atlanta for the Mason Conference. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a different time. That's when I come places and I post stuff and I make sure I post stuff with uh, secret custom settings on Facebook mm -hmm. or secret custom settings on Instagram. So that... So that certain people wouldn't see it. My brother, my brother's friends, as an African, you know, just trying to keep certain things away. And you're Nigerian? Yes. Okay. And um, what happened was we actually had a group for the Baby Institute. Uh -huh. So you could post stuff in there and it was supposedly supposed to be secret. So I was posting a lot of stuff in there. However, somehow, when I posted certain things, my brother and his friends were able to see it. So, so just for clarity's yeah. sakes, NASM is mm -hmm. National, Age, Na National AIDS Education Services for Minorities. Yes. And the Baby... Build a Brother Institute. Build a Brother is a subsidiary. It's of a Mason. program yes. of Mason. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So you're in this private Facebook group. Uh-huh. And you're posting away. I'm posting my life away, child. Unbeknownst to you, your brother and his friends are able to see some of these posts that you're making. Even worse. My brother's friends saw it. My brother. Let me give you some background. My family as a Nigerian-American family and in 
part of the Igbo tribe, we're the Brady Bunch. Okay. So we've been the example for all African families. My mother's a nurse. Father is the dean of graduate studies at Bowie State. So, you know, we all speak the language. It's a rarity. You find anybody who was born here that speaks the language, knows the language. So we were usually the example, the barometer for what an African family should be. So that's the first thing. We're going to start with imagery, similar to the African-American community. How when you are that image, you know, preacher son type thing, mm -hmm. you can't be anything but that. You can't deviate. Never. So he goes to a, this is now unbeknownst to me. But he goes to an event or party. Your brother. Yes. And his friends pull up the phone like, yo, you seen your brother? Who are these clowns he's with? Again, a group of hetero males, of course. Right. So what's in the pictures that he shows? Oh, it's just me. It's funny. It's just me and human beings okay. who, are, who express themselves in the way they express themselves. Okay. Um, speaking in a heterosexual manner, speaking in that manner of ignorance, mm -hmm. a whole bunch of faggots. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Because I'm just, you know, I look very masculine. Okay? Mm -hmm. I have very masculine features. Uh -huh. But some of the... The girls I was with, they standing and leaning. Some, some of their slips were uh, showing. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> their, their slips were showing. Slips, okay. I am sitting here talking to Chinedu. There you go. So the slips are showing. The slips the are showing. So he mm -hmm. saw what he saw and he kept that inside of him. Now, this remember, this is unbeknownst to me because now I'm talking about this in hindsight. But now let's go back to me. I'm here having a time of my life, having this brotherly experience and what I'm learning with this cohort of Gay men, men who are positive, men who are negative, men who are you HIV know, positive, HIV, HIV positive, negative, yes, uh -huh. who are unapologetic about who they are. And I'm like, man, I'm a very vocal person. Like, I'm an activist. Mm -hmm. I've been always supportive of the black community, but I've always been very silent when it comes to the black gay community that I also align with. Uh -huh. So during this transformative process, if you will, I said to myself, you know what? I was telling myself and telling my brothers, like, I feel confident, like. I can't wait to go home. Like I want to express to my parents and my family mm -hmm. who I am. So are your parents still in Africa? No, they live here. Okay. However, my dad, he does work here in Nigeria. Like he does, he goes okay. to Nigeria in the summer and the winter time to teach there as well. Okay. So my mother, let's let's do a little background. My mother, she knows I'm gay. My two sisters know I'm gay. At this present day. Yes, at this present day, at that time. They've known. They've known okay. for years before that. Okay. However, being African, you know, the patriarchal side of everything is the strength of the family. So my dad was the one that I've been the most, like that, once he knows. Reticent about telling. Yes, once he knows, it's, it's all, it's all done yeah. from, from there. So, again, unbeknownst to me, I don't know any of this. So I come back and I'm telling myself, like, you know what? I'm ready to come out. I'm ready to tell everybody what's going on. So and I, how long ago was this? Back in January. Okay. So I'm like, you know, I'm ready to. To let it all out. You know, we done cried at Nason. We done cried at the conference. We done hugged these men who are empowering me. These, you know, leaders like Dwayne and all of them. Ian. Just really building on who we are. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had to kind of break myself down. That's where the tears came from, you know. Because Ian was talking about you can't build on broken. So after I released Ooh. that brokenness, I was ready to fortify myself into a strong structure, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I was ready to call my mother one day at work. This is a week after. Mm -hmm. To let her know, hey girl. You might, need to, you might need to round up the troops. But check this out. She was calling me to tell me the exact same thing. Because my brother had already talked to her. Like, I think something's going on with Chinedu. You might want to tell him to come home and talk to daddy about this because people have seen this image. And of course, at this point, when your brother went to say this to your mom, she's already aware has known for years. Mm -hmm. And she's here playing, doing what mothers do. Right. Protecting their young. Protecting okay. their young. Shout out to my mother for doing that because it's one thing that, you know, mothers take care of their kids, but like, you've been lying to your, not lying, you have been misleading your husband for years. Listen, 
the black, the black, the black woman is something else. Listen, listen here. So let me just put a pin <laughs> right there. We're gonna come back to the brother and you going back home. Mm -hmm. But what was? How did you tell your mom that you were gay? Oh, and how did she receive it? Check this out, child. I tell y'all, <laughs> listen, America, world. I'm a terrible son. Check this out. One day, this lady came to school. How old were you? This was well, I'm, I'm 25 now. Cause I'm mad. I had to be like 20. When did my boyfriend? 22. Uh-huh. 22, 23. One of them two. It was one cold October morning in Baltimore, Maryland. I was sitting in black families psychology class, and we had this lawyer who came in. And at the time, I, I had interest in law. And she told a story about how when she left law school, black woman, uh-huh. how when she left law school, she gave herself straight hair, you know, straightened her hair out, uh -huh. and she was, you know, dressed very... You know, businessy, like, mm -hmm. you know, corporate, if you will. And how when she had her practice, it was hard for her to get clients. But she looked the part. The part. And it was just so difficult. She was getting them, but she wasn't getting a lot. Then she told herself one day, she said, you know what? I'm sick of doing this. She let her hair out. Shit was curly, puffy, all that. She wore like a very Afrocentric type of outfit. And she showed up. And she said that day, she doesn't know how. She got more clients. She kept it up as a test for the next month. She got so many clients that she started to, she had to start hiring people, paralegals mm -hmm. and everything, mm -hmm. and even get a new space that was bigger mm -hmm. to help her business. There's something about authenticity. And she said it. There is nothing better than being authentic. said, only then when you're authentic does the true life start. And I was sitting right in front of her, and I'm sitting there, had nothing on my mind. I'm like... This bitch is talking to me. Uh-huh. In a completely different context. Complete, she ain't no shit. Yeah. And I, I believe that's how God sends his Yes, message. yes. He dispatches them. Mm -hmm. And I say all of the time, God is always speaking. Hello? We're not always listening. Come on. Go mm -hmm. ahead. So I said, you know what? I got out that class. I was just shaking out that class. Called my mom. She's at your nurse at the hospital. I'm like, you know, mom, I got something to tell you. Just too excited. So excited about what just happened. Not even thinking about what's going on. Right. I called her. I'm like, you know, mom, I'm shaking a little bit. Mommy, I'm, I just want to let you know that uh I am attracted to men. I'm a gay man. Hey, I'm a mother. She's so dramatic. You would think that we were Baptist. How dramatic this woman was. <laughs> She's like, you're killing me. You've killed me. <laughs> My girl. Girl, 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 bring it down. Girl. Right. Meanwhile, you're still holding the phone. So uh -huh. you're not dead. But get into the gag. Uh. She's like, well, I guess this is my birthday gift. It was her birthday. You hadn't even thought about I that. I hadn't even thought about that. Right, right. So she's sitting at the work. And again, Mothers, they carry so much, yeah. but they sh they don't show. You don't see what's mm -hmm. on them. So mm -hmm. she's sitting there. She's having a conversation. She's holding herself together, but I know she's breaking down. See, man, we the one who want to yell or scream yeah, and yeah. shout. We show. The mothers kind of keep it in. So she's right. like, you know, what is the first thing she said? It was, are you the man in, are you the, or are you the woman? <laughs> Look, that was her way of trying to understand Guess it. how I read her. Which, how did you read her? I said, we're both the man. How about how about that? We we take turns for Hello, each other. Hello, Lord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't take you. I said, I'm not about to sit here. And, I, first of all, I hate the, the the whole titling shit. Right. So I wasn't about to sit here and do that. And it shows 
her ignorance in a sense. Love you dearly, mom. But right, right. Her ignorance, but ignorance in the, in the sense of just lack of knowledge, right? Lack and, of information, and more or less because it's her son. Because my mother's a nurse working in D.C. Mm-hmm. So the where the is, HIV rate was is high, it still is. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing is, I think she's always known, but she wanted to doubt it. Because I'm like, you, you must have seen people like me. You care for people my age. Yes, and I believe that a mother always knows mm-hmm. if she's paying attention to her children, mm-hmm. and most mothers are paying attention. And what I've learned through my own experience and sharing with my mom is that she knew it mm-hmm. but it was the truth of it mm-hmm. that stung because she could never pretend not to know anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she could never pretend right because now it's been confirmed it's, right it's that thing it's it, look it's just that thing and i i told her about my boyfriend i said you know at the time my boyfriend lived in um he was living in um, china he was teaching english mm-hmm. i told her about like him and she's like you know who is he and stuff and she was just what I liked about her, she did something very, very important that most mothers or fathers or family members should do. Mm-hmm. She took herself out of it mm-hmm. and said, son, no matter what you're doing, just use protection. HIV is real. STDs are real. I don't want you to be a statistic, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Which was good mm-hmm. in a sense of health, mm-hmm. but also it kind of made me think. I'm like, hmm. I said, I'm gay, and the first thing that we bring up is disease. My mother said the same thing to me, and I said to her, it's almost like a carbon copy. Mm. I said to my mother, I said, you should also be having this conversation with the women in your family. Hello? And the women in your life. Because at that time, HIV AIDS was the number one killer for oh, black women. Women, yes, 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 yes. You know, and mm-hmm. I said, so did you have this conversation with them? Because mm-hmm. I, I got me. Continue. I, I love us for real. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that, and... She, mother is fun. They're funny. Women are funny people. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I'm gay. But uh, <laughs> she wouldn't show me that emotion. Yeah. She wouldn't talk to my sisters. Okay. Which was beautiful because they've known before her. Mm-hmm. They helped her get through it. They helped her understand it. Because I have two sisters. One actually, like I said, who lives in, here in Georgia, mm-hmm. and she, she's like the she's a she's a a copy of my mom and my dad. She's right in between, so she's right. the voice of reason. Right. It's like, you know, mom, I know this is against the religion, and I know it's not our culture, but you know, this is who Chinedu is, and what we can do is support him mm-hmm. as him. Mm-hmm. You don't have to support the act. You don't have to support the lifestyle, mm-hmm. but he came out of you. Right. So she, they helped her get through it. And one thing about my mom that I love so much, love and hate, Mm-hmm. She has never let me see her sweat about my sexuality. Right. Or until the day I came out to the right. family. Right, right, And well, now we're going to go back there. So yeah, take me back there. So I'm trying to think about calling her. She calls me. She's like, yeah, Chin, I think it's time for you to come and talk to your dad about, you know, who you are. I'm like, oh, mom, I'm glad you said that. I wanted to talk to him anyway. So it was a, a Thursday night. Now, let me put this context. Friday, I was going with the company, Us Helping Us. Mm-hmm. That's a, like a drop-in center in D.C. In D.C., testing. yeah. I was going, oh, good. But, but that's good for you clarifying for the listeners. Yes, yeah. for the girls who don't know. For the girls who don't know. <laughs> they had a 3MV the next day. They had so a what? I, 3MV, uh, Many Man, Many Voices. Okay. So that type of, you know, uh, like a, we're going to Deep Creek, Maryland. It's okay. in the mountains. Mountains and in the house. cabins. Yes, to yeah. just sit there and talk about HIV, talk about HIV. A vacation there one yeah. Christmas. Work, 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 <laughs> the girls travel. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> so go ahead. You guys are doing this. Mind you, and I want to put this all in context. Mind you, this is all after NASM. Mind you, this is my first time traveling outside of my state to engage in any type of gay awareness, whatever. So this Mm -hmm. has literally all happened in a space of 10, 15 days. Mm -hmm. So she called me Thursday. like, you should come and talk to your dad. She's like, how about you come next week since you're going to your cabin trip? I said, mommy, 
fuck that. I'm gonna come now. So I'm gonna come now because I can't wait, and time can't wait. And my uh, philosophy of life is, people believe the person who comes to them the earliest. So if my if I wait till next week, your brother would have gotten to him or whomever else. And she is a mess. <laughs> your brother. She's a mess. She's a mess. <laughs> I don't got time for her. So she's like, when do you want to come? I said, I'm coming tonight. She's like, are you sure? I said, yeah. So I hung up with him. Um, it's funny, my my this boy now is my the boy who was my boyfriend at that time I came up to my mom uh-huh. is now my ex and we work together and he's my boss. Very strange. Um Ooh. but we're real cool. Okay. So I talked to him about it and he's like, you know, he gave me advice. I called all my friends and said, you know, be on standby. Because I may need support. Because I'm I'm gonna need support mm-hmm. because this is talking <sighs> talking to my dad is equivalent to talking to God. And I just wanna stress to the people that are listening. This is an African hmm. man, Nigerian. Come on now. We, 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 we arranged it's going to be tonight. Mind you, my dad knows nothing. Mind you, my brother hasn't called me. Even after he's... Even after there. he knows. Mm-hmm. So I want you to get into a dynamic already that I'm about to explain to you. My brother didn't call me. Okay, Siblings are closer than they're supposed to be than, to their parents. Mm-hmm. And me and my brother have not really always seen eye to eye because he likes sports, watching it, basketball, football, hockey. I don't mind playing it, but I like watching Jimmy Neutron in cartoons and that was gay because I don't like doing the stuff that he likes to do mm-hmm. mind you, you, see, you y'all can't see me but if you see my physique I give what it gives like, mm-hmm. I played football I ran track played baseball but it's the fact that um, I didn't participate in those things watching sports with him that in his mind he always thought I was gay just putting that out there mm-hmm. so now it's like I've called my friend I'm like my friend lives so I, I'm leaving Baltimore to go to PG County mm-hmm the wealthiest African American county in the world. Just gotta put that out there. Because <laughs> black people, we doing good. We gotta, we gotta talk about ourselves. You're right. Not that, only when we gotta, you're right. Out. That that whole region down there, PG, Montgomery, come on, uh, Fairfax, Fairfax, McLean, Virginia. Come, the girls are surviving, not even thriving anymore, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm funny. I'm trying to tell you. Um, so yeah, so I told my friend. My friend lives in Bowie. I live okay. in Upper Marlboro. Mm-hmm. They're literally 10 miles from each other. Mm-hmm. He knows what to do. He has his phone. He usually has his phone on vibrate. He has his phone on, you know, ringer. Right. And looking at it in hindsight, it's like, it's almost like you were prepared for war. Right. I had my battalions ready. Everybody was ready for me and prepared. Everybody was ready but me and my dad. So we get home. My dad sees me. He doesn't even know I'm coming, so he sees me. He is elated because, which I don't know, I'm the last of four children. And we believe in reincarnation, uh-huh. and I reincarnate my dad's dad. Okay. And my dad loves his dad more than life. He's passed, but he loves his dad's dad. His dad. Mm-hmm. And I love my dad. Like, weird enough, I'm a daddy's boy. Never heard of that, but that's what I am. Like, mm-hmm. I'm big with my dad. Like, so I never want to let him down. That's why he don't know my sexuality. Keep that in mind. This story is getting cute. We need to make a movie out of this motion picture, bitch. Tyler Perry Studios. We're in Atlanta, girl. We should make this a film. Uh-huh. So we walk in. My dad is, he opens the door. He's like, oh, I'm so excited. Gives me a hug. He shows me the clothes he's bought for me. My sister is there. Uh, not the one who lives here, but my other sister, okay. who's also albino. I'm albino, by the way. Mm-hmm. So they know what's tea. My brother knows what's tea. His wife doesn't really know. My mom knows. So my mom, we already even planned this. I'm like, mommy, I would be remiss. I would be foolish if I dare let anybody know that you knew. Right. So what we're going to do is you didn't know anything, but the girls did. Because my dad can get mad at his daughters, 
but he cannot get mad at his wife. Right, right. We don't, we don't, we don't do that divorce shit. Right, right. So, so, so let's keep it cute. And she agreed. Mothers are amazing because mm-hmm. you're going against your vows. The, you're the, going, the, the secrets that women carry. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So let me get a drink of this yak. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm a character. Yeah. So we're all talking, and I'm, I, she asked me, "Do I need to eat dinner?" Now, at this time, I had uh, a little revert back. I went to SOS, and I met this guy. SOS. Nason at the baby conference, Build a Brother Institute. I had met this guy who I just started talking to at that time, just real friendly, real close. Mm-hmm. So I went downstairs in the basement and called him and told him, like, hey, you know, I'm about to come out to my parents. And he was like, you know, good luck and stuff like that. Like, call me when it's over. So I went upstairs and, what's your zodiac sign? I'm a Taurus. See, can I tell you that God works well? I'm a Virgo. We earth signs. Oh, yeah. So I'm smarter than your average bear. <laughs> so before I was about to do it, something told me, Chinedu, preserve this moment for prosperity. Yeah. So I downloaded a recording app, and I pushed record. To record the audio of what happened. And not to ever embarrass my family, mm-hmm. but to remind, because one day we will come out of this. Right. One day we will progress. But I want us to know where we came from. Right. And I want this to be a, a story for those many Africans. Yeah. Because there's not that many who are so willing to come out from the West African region. Right. Not from a family like mine. Right. So I put the recorder on. I came talk to my parents. I'm like, you know, I want to talk to y'all. So where are the siblings? Everybody's in the, in the family room. So we all set up like the Cosby's bitch. So <laughs> we set up and we're ready to get into this team. Every, my, my, now, is there the, tension in the air? There is. Go ahead. So I want to talk to y'all. Everybody pretending like they don't know, but they all know. I might need another drink to so let you know. Okay. It's getting deep. <laughs> y'all, listen, I, listen, I done changed my wig two times. Now I done, take, I done taken it off. Right, right, right. So now we're in a point where I'm, and I, I want to set up this stage for you. We are in the family room. The TV's on the wall. The TV faces the seats. There's a seating set up. I mean, we're, we're, I'm sitting in front of them. Like they're the council of Trent, like they're the tribunal about to put Jesus on the cross. And that's very important to know for structure. I'm standing and everybody is sitting and I'm by myself. So I'm a Democrat in a room full of Republicans. I just want to set that imagery to know how I was feeling because I was the only gay one in that room in a room full of heteros. So that really matters. Mm -hmm. They didn't see that though. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling my dad. Now there was a little beast between me and my brother and me and my brother's wife prior so I went to apologize for that. She were, she accepted that because my brother's wife lives there with my brother temporarily. She accepted my apology. And I went in to explain who I am and all that good shit. Do you remember your words? Um, I, just like my dad, I started with a quote, you know, uh, from somebody. I don't remember who exactly. But I started off with a quote and said, you know, throughout my years I've learned so much. You got to start off good before you hit them with the thing. Mm-hmm. But I do remember saying this. I said, um, with all that being said, and I felt so good. I said, I am a gay male. Pause it. Let me rewind you back. The moment I came to talk. Now, let's get into my brother because the only brother I have. The moment I came to talk. Mind you, this is the bitch who thinks that he set all of this up. He mm-hmm. thinks he set this up. Right. Even though I want to do this regardless. Right. When I came down there to talk, he left. And I said, I want to talk to everybody, my whole family. Mm-hmm. And he left. So I want y'all to uh, placate this in your mind that there was, you already knew what was tea. Mm -hmm. You set this up for me to make this announcement, but you walked away. Mm -hmm. So the way our our house is set up, 
when you go upstairs and like you're walking to the rooms, there's like a little balcony and you can look down into the living room. Okay. So you could be up there and see it. But that's where he he went to the room first. So when I said I'm gay, he he was he was out there listening. <laughs> Creeping, okay? Creeping on the down low. What did TLC tell us, y'all? Creeping uh-huh. on the down low. Uh-huh. I said it and looked directly at my dad. Cause I'm like, you know what? This is for you, dad. The women women will always be able to take pain. Right. They always will. No matter how hard it is, they always will be able. Right. So I looked at my dad. And he just, he was there. He was frozen. He couldn't believe it. He wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. And my dad is very uh, loquacious as I am. However, he had nothing to say. So talking about my gayness ended up coming into who I have been my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I told him, like, you know, I've been hiding. I've been depressed. I've been upset. I've been, you know, misleading you all, taking these girls to prom, knowing I didn't want to, talking about girls in front of y'all, knowing I didn't want to. I have been, I have been killing myself to keep the image you have of me alive. So and your that, father's not saying anything? I didn't say a word. And the thing about my, my dad is, my dad was the, uh, you know, aggressive one. So, like, when I was a kid, I got my ass beat. And mm-hmm. I'm fine with that because that's discipline. And he wanted to teach me the right things. So whenever your dad doesn't beat you when you do something wrong, but he gets quiet, right. it's serious. Mm. It's a serious thing. Because his his first reaction is to go to the hand. Now, granted, he hasn't beat me in a long time, but my dad hasn't spoken. He hasn't moved. He just sits there and he's listening. Can you read his facial expression? Fuck yes. And the thing about it is, we're talking about an African man, elder, older than me, in his 60s. I'm a young 20. Fourth, 25-year-old telling you I'm gay. I'm taking over of the patriarchal role and you're older than me. My brother's older than me. And you're actually sitting there listening to me without any interjections. That is fearful based off of the structure of an African household. Mm-hmm. So what's your mom thinking and what is, what's her face reading? Honey, my mom is giving Angela Bassett <laughs> ready to win that best leading actress role because uh-huh. she knows. Right. But she has to sell it to my dad like she don't. Very important. Uh-huh. So has she said anything? Nope. So I'm talking for an almost entire hour. For so, an hour? Yes. So I know and my, he's sitting there this entire si- hour. And no one's saying anything. No, the girls haven't said anything. So I'm sitting there. I'm, you know, tearing up. But I'm keeping myself together. Because, you know, like I said, all I'm thinking about in this moment, because guess what? I was a weak soul doing mm-hmm. strong things. Mm-hmm. But what I remembered is my brothers. The brothers that I met a week before who I've never known for the 25 years I lived, who validated me and gave me strength. I'm thinking about the faculty who I met, who gave me strength. I said, you know what you need to do? Do not falter. Mm -hmm. Stand strong. Because guess what? They can only break you down if your foundation is broken. Mm -hmm. But honey, my foundation has been fortified, like I told you earlier. So I was ready. No one could shake me. Period. So I was standing up there. I told him, like, you know, yeah. I told him about my thoughts of suicide, which is funny. That's what brings me to Atlanta. When I turned 21, I came to Atlanta with my best friend. Stayed at the motherfucking Grand Hyatt on Peachtree, bitch. Okay? <laughs> Feeling like a fabulous bitch. I'm 21. I'm supposed to be happy. Mm-hmm. But I try to drown myself in the bathtub. Really? Yes. Because I, I know. And I'm a, I'm a very open guy. I'm a loving guy. I'm an earth sign. You know how we mm-hmm. are. We are very much open about ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I knew I was living a lie. Mm-hmm. I can afford to travel. I'm out here in the city, living in the, uh, staying in the nice part of, you know, everything was going good. Yeah. But that was a, it was a falsehood. It was a fallacy. Right. 
And I hate living a fallacy because I'm a truth-seeking person. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to end me because my dad, my dad didn't know it. My dad, I love my mom, girl. I live for you, sis. But my dad is the thing that means the most to me, period. Mm-hmm. I would trade the world just for him. Mm-hmm. So I, that was one of many times I wanted to kill myself because it's, it's been a tough time. It's, it's hard handling this shit. Right. And you can't. And then being an African and the only people who I can talk to are African-Americans. And that's cute and all. But you don't know my struggle. Yeah. yeah. You don't understand. Yeah. So it was always hard. So I told them all that. My brother's wife gave a little. She Now, the funny thing about her is she's our culture, Igbo. However, she was raised very Americanized. Okay. Which is good. Because now you're bringing an African-American aspect to an African household. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go back to African roles. My brother, the other male, married an, an Igbo woman mm-hmm. of the same culture. Mm-hmm. So, automatically, her word is valid in that house. No matter how white she sounds or how proper she sounds, because it's of the same culture and fits that Brady Bunch theme, mm-hmm. it works for my dad. So, when she speaks up, even if it goes against my dad, he listens. Mm-hmm. Because it follows that lineage of what we're supposed to do, bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, she said to me, Chinedu, I'm glad that you were vulnerable. Because she's also a nurse. Vulnerable and said that. Like, to hear that you wanted to commit suicide... None of us knew that. And they all know me as the funny person. Like, you're always making jokes. You're always making us happy at your own detriment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sitting there trying to, like, hold myself together. I'm like, damn, like, damn, bitch, you really getting into this. I didn't even get into that deep. Right, 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 right. She's getting into it. My mother talks. Mind you, my brother's still upstairs. Mm-hmm. So check this out. So now he brings out his uh, 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 male chauvinism. So now he wants to include himself. Mind you, this is somebody who walked away. So from the upstairs level, over the balcony, he is bemoaning his point. He said, why didn't you tell me? He said, I'm mad at you because you didn't tell me. He said, you could have told me. Hitting himself. Mm -hmm. I looked at him. I said, could I? He said, could I tell you? I said, picture this, sis. You said picture this, sis? Yes. I said, where are you standing? You're upstairs. And I'm downstairs. What could I have told you if you are even now physically acting as my superior, acting like you can't even stand next to me mm-hmm. while I face my dad like a sibling is supposed to? Because no matter what, we are the connection. When siblings get in trouble, they help each other mm-hmm. to stand against their parents. That's mm-hmm. how it's supposed to work. But you are choosing to side with my dad. Now, let's really get into that. My dad is an educator. My brother was in school for seven years. Brother six years older than me. He was in school for seven years. Ain't really doing shit with his life. I was in school for seven years. However, I've done it, what I needed to do. I got out of school with a job, full time, mm-hmm. position created that I created for me. No, no games played, okay? I was making more than my brother officially. My brother MCs. Mm-hmm. But he's a prodigal son because he's African. He married a wife. So it don't matter that he is actually fucking up. Mm-hmm. And he's six years older than me. And he still hasn't got his shit together. And I'm six years younger and I have my shit together. But he represents the typical African, what the African wants. Somebody who speaks the language, who knows the culture, all that good shit. And now that I'm a faggot, and I use that word to express Mm -hmm, how I'm mm -hmm, viewed, mm -hmm. now I'm a little faggot. My dad has been upset with my brother. But look at this. Survival of the fittest. Look at this separation. Look at this slavery. Mm -hmm. This is my brother's chance to get in good graces with my dad. Mm -hmm. Because you weren't already doing what you're supposed to do. So this is your opportunity. That's why you didn't stand by me. Mm-hmm. You weak, nigga. Mm-hmm. And I knew that. Because I'm a smart girl. <laughs> Paid it. Paid it. 
So he's telling me like you could have told me. Da, da, da. And I said, but we don't really have much biological family here. I said, but you never been anywhere with me. You take my little cousins out and call them cousins is equivalent to like you know how uh, here in the African American culture you have somebody who's really close or maybe a neighbor, right, right, but you family they, friend, right? Yeah, you call yeah. them like your family. Mm-hmm. That's what that cousin is to me. Their parents are from where my mom is from, but we have no bloodline. Mm-hmm. But it's like you take him out. This boy is four or five years younger than me. You take him out. You post him. You don't come to me. He's like, but you didn't tell me. I said, sir, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You are the older brother. You were six when I came out the fallopian, came out the womb, excuse me. Mm-hmm. You were there. The story's always told that when I came to the hospital, you held me. So what the fuck does it look like me coming to pander to you about my problems when you're my brother? Encroach on my life. Figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So that was, I don't want to keep getting too deep into it, but that was the nomenclature of the damn conversation. Mm-hmm. My sister, my mom starts to speak. Meanwhile, your father is still not speaking. Still quiet, unlike him. And is he looking at you? Is he looking up looking at your... at me. Is he looking up looking at your at brother? Looking at my sister. Looking okay. at me, looking at my sister, just looking at me directly disappointed. And that's been my biggest fear. I never came out because I don't want to disappoint daddy. Mm-hmm. Think about it. If I killed myself in Atlanta, I would be fine as long as I didn't shame my dad mm-hmm. with my sexuality because he could never live with that. And my sister was bringing up, like, you know, Chedo, I've always known. She brought up a good point that I didn't even get. It's like, Daddy, I took care of this boy. When he was 5'4", I was the one giving him a bath. And she took me back to a day that I wasn't really aware of myself. When I was 5'4 years old, you knew what you were doing, but you didn't know the basis of it. Mm-hmm. She's older than me. I'm the last of four. Okay? So she said, Daddy, I've always known that this boy is different. I didn't know what to call it at that time because we didn't really know what gay was. They probably didn't know what gay was at mm-hmm, that time mm-hmm. for our family. But it's like I knew that he wasn't like any of us. I, I could always notice something different about him. And the funny thing is we, we, we equate different to bad. But mm-hmm. I'm also super intelligent. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't brought up mm-hmm. because I said I was gay. Mm-hmm. So all that was put to the, to the wayside. Mm-hmm. But she said I always noticed something about my brother. Did I'm she like, give any examples? She just said... She said she couldn't say what it was. Said just the way he was. Mm-hmm. I can give you an example. When my brother, my brother did went to Nigeria for three years in two thousand and four. When I was about twelve years old, and I was with my sisters for three years, and we would go outside and I'd play with their friends who were girls, and they would do the pop the coochie, and I'm there popping the coochie with them. <laughs> Except you just don't have a coochie. I, uh, as far as I was concerned, I did. Right, right, right. But they didn't know why I did that. I didn't know why I did that. Mm-hmm. But we grew up in a very, very different provincial town mm-hmm. where we didn't even think to look at that. But in hindsight, when you look back, I was showing you signs before I even knew what gay was. Mm-hmm. So, I had to drink my yak, y'all. So, like, that is something that I brought up. And So, she, did your father say anything to her when she said, no, oh, he's just listening? still quiet. Mm-hmm. My mother spoke up and she started crying. She's like, I just want my family to be complete, like a mother would say. And the funny thing is that the patriarch is the ruler, but it's the mother that brought everybody in. The mother that made his family a family. It's the mother that, it's the woman, excuse me, it's the woman that turned that man and woman into fathers and mothers. Mm-hmm. She bared the four children mm-hmm. with the marks to prove it. So she, all she wanted was peace, equality, equity, all of that shit together. Peace in her home. But sometimes peace comes with the when there's peace or if there's peace made somebody's not always happy Mm -hmm. 
So she spoke, she cried. Then my dad finally spoke. And my dad, I mean, my dad is an accommodation. He's like, he went to Julius Caesar. Mm -hmm. He went to Rome. He went to Africa before, before finally addressing me. So he gave a whole bunch of examples. Similar to how I talk. You see, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far. Mm -hmm. So he ended his statement by saying, this is ungodly. It's outside of religion and culture. What would people in our village say? What would our ancestors say? Blah, blah, blah. And my sister just stood up and challenged him and said, your son just told you he was about to kill himself and all you're worried about is them? He said, what story would you rather tell? Your son is gay or my son killed himself because he was gay? Mm -hmm. Sat on the girls <laughs> for a little bit. At this point, it's getting heated. It's going from a conversation. Did he respond to her? No. Okay. Because guess what? An African man doesn't want to be wrong. Mm -hmm. So now, I've told you where my brother was. This is a three-hour three conversation, by the way. Mm. But now at this point, now my father has spoken after two hours of listening. My brother has now migrated from upstairs to downstairs. I'm going to take you back a little bit, just briefly. When my brother first went upstairs, my sister whispered to me and said, no matter what he says, don't focus on him. Because I am very, very impulsive. She was talking about, don't focus on who? My brother. Your brother. Okay. My brother, what he does is he's an, an avid architect of taking people out of their square, out of their energy, out of their chi, if you will. Uh -huh. Out of the wusa, mm -hmm. for my African-American cunts. Mm -hmm. Okay? <laughs> so, now it's where it's getting interesting. Mind you, I'm very, very impulsive. But I was handling myself because I'm like, you know what, this is not the time to be that. So we're talking and I'm explaining. And the whole time I'm talking here, like I said to you earlier, I gave you the example of I was standing in front of the tribunal yeah. I compare myself to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, I compare myself to Jesus in the sense I want to give you the, the idea. When Jesus was brought in front of the Sanhedrin, okay, it was a whole group of people who opposed who he was mm -hmm. versus just him. Mm -hmm. He didn't have no Cochrane. He didn't have no, 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 no group, no Black Lives Matter. It was just Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's what I was. It was me against them. And alone, just for that experience, I felt powerless. Mm -hmm. So finally, my brother has now come downstairs, sat down. He has tried to get me hot. I keep dialing back, keep dialing back. I'm listening. I'm taking it. Even what I don't, what I don't want to receive, I'm receiving it. And after a while, I just, I'm, I'm sitting down. Things are good. Like I'm sitting down. Now I've sat down. Mm -hmm. I've been standing for two hours. Understand that. So I'm sitting down next to my brother's wife, feeling like things are going great. And... I'm holding my head because I'm like, now I'm out. I can't sit here and allow lies to penetrate me like I used to. Mm -hmm. So I keep hearing them saying, it's, it's a phase. It's the people you hung out with. And I'm sitting here getting frustrated. like, mm -hmm. y'all can't see me, but I have my hand over my eyes. And I'm, I'm moving my legs like, mm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, my brother keeps talking. I'm like, I don't feel like I can. And I kept saying, like, I don't feel like I can do this. Like, I, I just want to leave. Like, I interrupted my dad. I'm like, you're wrong. Challenging the patriarch. I'm like, you're wrong. What you're saying is not true. That's wrong. And I just feel like I, I can't hear this. I just want to leave. My brother said, then fucking leave then. That was not the, that wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back. That was the camel falling to the ground. That was the camel falling to the ground. Girl, the, the, camel, done, the camel done tumbled, okay? And that was it. All the good me, all the me that was listening, following, went out the door. And that's when I started to read the bitch for filth. Now, now the gay came out. Mm -hmm. I said, who are you? I said, fuck you. 
curse. Mind you, I don't curse in front of my parents. My mm -hmm. parents don't even know I curse. I said, fuck you. I said, who are you? I said, it, it, it kills me that you're unsuccessful. You're 31 years old living in my childhood room. Meanwhile, I have my place in Baltimore that I pay for. Mommy and daddy pay the mortgage of which you live under. And you don't pay a goddamn bill. Because now now I wanted to settle the score. Like, if you want to do this in a, in a very, very professional manner, you have no right to speak. You're not even a man. Because mm -hmm. you can't even take care of yourself and your wife. You move your you and your wife had an apartment. And y'all moved into the house. Mm-hmm. I'm still living in the house at 25 and you're 31. Fuck am I? Who are you? What am I going to learn from you? Now pause it there. What I said was disrespectful, but that was the truth. Mm -hmm. I could never learn from you or my brother, but you never gave me anything I could learn from. Mm -hmm. I learned from the, the people who I was around. And I started saying, I said, who taught me how to apply for a job? My best friend, who's my age. But I said, Bilal. Who taught me how to change a tire? Bilal. Who taught me how to change the oil in a car? Bilal. Who taught me how to do this? I said, what have you done for me? Nothing. But just be a brother. I said, you have borrowed more money from me than I have borrowed from you. Yet you have more access to money based off of age and experience than I have ever had. And I started comparing him to other brothers. Mind you, he's getting hot. And we're a very vocal family, all of us. So my brother gets up, my sister gets up, my sister wife gets up. That's where it gets interesting. Mm -hmm. So my mother came to, to defend and stop and she happened to be in my forefront. Mm -hmm. So you know how it is when things get heated. I accidentally pushed my mother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she fell back in the chair. Mm -hmm. Comfortably like a cunt. If anything, she <laughs> fell in a soft dip, girls. <laughs> in a soft dip. But guess what? Let's take you back. My brother was embarrassed when his friends exposed that to him. Mm -hmm. My brother was embarrassed to be next to me. That's why he went upstairs. And I just pushed my mother. My brother used... That. All those two angers mm -hmm. justified it with the push of my mother. You fucking push my mom. You fucking push my mom. And he, he he approaches me. That's when he starts. My brother is way bigger than me. My brother is very trade looking, by the way. He's a huge, huge guy. Like, cocky, big boy. I'm big too, but he's way bigger than me. He tackles me to the ground. He's like hitting me, punching me. Where's daddy? He's still sitting daddy in the chair. Still daddy, he hasn't moved. Daddy has gotten up now. Telling my brother, stop. Now, now my dad is pulling rank. Like, now I'm the elder. Stop. Stop. Does he stop? Stop. No. But pause it. Just like slavery. Don't stop the slave master from whipping the child, from whipping the slave after he's whipped the slave. Stop the slave master when you see him getting built up soon to whip the slave. Remember, when my brother was disrespecting me from upstairs, my dad was silent. That's my thing. Don't be silent about the injustice until it becomes big. Don't do that because you're just as wrong as the injustice. Mm -hmm. So now my dad is talking out. This is where it gets crazy. My dad is saying, "Stop, mind you. This is all. This is all new to my dad. My sexuality. His whole family fighting. His wife. My mom is trying to stop. My sister's trying to stop my brother. My brother's wife's trying to stop me. I'm trying to beat the shit out of my brother because now I want to be a man as well. You're not about to punk me. Then my dad does something that scares everybody. He starts coughing. He starts coughing." And now my dad can't breathe. And he's gasping for air in a house with three medical professionals, mm. including his wife, his daughter, and his daughter-in-law. And now his wife, my brother's wife, screams, Oh, now daddy can't breathe. Now my brother stops. But then now I'm expected to go back and revert to my dad because of what just happened. I love my dad, but in that moment, it was my moment. I said, fuck that. No. Like, just stop. Stop. I said, no. 
I said, no, I said, do you know how many years I've been holding this back? And my brother had hit me and all that, and I got little marks on my neck. I said, you know what? I'm going to fight you all with what I know actually works. Embarrassment and shame. So I'm not going to fight my brother. Because the anger of me wanted to walk inside and get that knife and stab that nigga. But I mm. said, no. I've had my run-in with jail once. It won't ever happen again. I'd be smarter. Think smart. Mm-hmm. So I went downstairs, got my, my iPad. Because my phone has... Somebody, one of my sister's wife took the phone. You're going to post on Facebook. No, I'm going to call the police. Oh. Remember, imagery, African. Right. My dad doesn't want to be sold to me. So I call. For some reason, my iPad wasn't hooked up to the Wi-Fi. Look at God, it always has been. Right. It just didn't work that day. So I went and called the house phone, called the police. And I said the words. I said, I need you to come. Um, my family won't let me leave this house. This is where I live at. Da-da-da. They, didn't, they thought I was bluffing. Put the bitch on speakers again. Yeah, I live at 15601. They won't let me talk on the phone. They're going to cut this line. They cut off the phone. I said, just give me my phone. I said, give me my phone. I'll call the police back. Tell them it was an, a lie. It was a hoax. We'll end this. We'll just call this a family mishap. They don't have to come. And it will be it. They didn't listen. I said, okay, y'all don't know me. Because I'm still trying, like, at this point, I'm being as judicious as I can. I'm giving you bitches options. Because I can sit here and turn this whole house for what all of y'all have done to me. I go back, get the phone, call them again. Now I scream. I said, help, help, in front of my dad's face. My dad said, like, he's like, now my dad's trying to come to me as a son. Like, my son. He said, one, which means my son. You're going to do this to me? It's too late for that. I said, help, help, help. My dad is letting my brother hold me hostage at 15601. Gave the address, everything. Then my dad screams, give him his phone. Exactly. The first time, he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. You see? They, 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 they provoked me. They thought I was playing. Like they always have. Thought I'm, I'm joking around. Finally got my phone. Told my brother, I said, you're useless. You're worthless. You're a terrible brother. Fuck you. Left out the house, took all my shit. Walked. Cause I had my bag. Prepared for that 3MB the next day. Called my friend, woke him up. I said, Lewis, you know what to do. I'm roaming around the neighborhood like a, like a chicken with his head cut off, crying. Again, same problem exists. I'm crying, I'm upset, I'm cold. Who's there to warm me? I am now forced to be my own best friend, to be my own sweater, to be my own comfort. My sister calls me. She comes down, sees me smoking, and she talks to me. It's like, you know, stop smoking that. Cigarette, smoke weed if you're gonna smoke anything. Don't smoke cigarettes, real, real fish. And she told me, like, you know what? African parents, all they care about is imagery. Said, you know, the only way to defeat them is when you go back to Baltimore, don't call them for help. Go back to school, like you said you're gonna do. Get your master's. Be that successful you without them, gay or not, mm-hmm. and let them deal. Gave her a hug. My friend pulled up in the Jeep, and that was that. What's your relationship with your dad today? Last time I saw him was at church on Mother's Day. He saw me. He was about to travel a week later. I told him safe journeys. When you travel, look them dead in the eye. He looked away from me, got on his phone. Did he say anything? Nope. Because this is all after. Now, after all this happened, weeks later, we came back together to try to defuse it, just me and him mm-hmm. and my mom at his office, neutral location. Right. And he, he pulled the usual, let's bring the holy oils that I've gotten from Africa, let's pray. I told him how hypocritical he was. I said, you're only praying when there's a problem. You're not a believer. We've never prayed as a family before, but now there's an issue, you're praying. Mm-hmm. That's not true. If you want to talk about what's real Catholicism, that's not it. 
And I told him during that time, that's the last time we talked, February 22nd, I think. I told him, I said, if you can't take me for being me, disown me as your son. And I walked away crying. Got on a train and went back to Baltimore. Did you ever feel, um, before coming out to him, did you ever feel like you had to force this bravado or this masculinity around him? Absolutely. My dad always asked me, he would always say, he would always say this, it's funny. He's like, I hope you're living, he wouldn't try to ask me at my gay. He's like, I hope you're living a straight life. I would always say, what do you mean by that? He would try to cover it up. Like, like straightforward, like you're being very, very, you know, intentional of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bitch, I ain't stupid. Right. Because you're trying to use your African sense. You gotta also remember, I was raised in this country. I was born in this country and raised in this country. So I have a little bit of my American sense. I know what you're trying to do, bitch. It's not working. <laughs> and there was always a sense of vibrato. I always tell the story of how I went to prom with a girl. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. As I'm talking to him, we'll pull up a picture. Fabulous outfits. What is, what is um, uh, 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 Pedal Bell? Not Pedal Bell. What did that look? She, nice gowns. Gowns were just phenomenal. I looked mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But I went to prom for two and a half hours. When I was done, I took my prom date back home and went to a hotel mm-hmm. where all my gay friends were mm-hmm. to actually have my real prom. Mm-hmm. And it's like I always had to exemplify this fictitious norm that made my dad comfortable. Even though, the good, the good thing about actors is no matter how well you act, we all know that you're acting. Mm-hmm. And I think my dad knew too. Beautiful girl, isn't she? Oh yeah, full African, the the full image of what my dad would have wanted mm-hmm, me to have. Mm-hmm. But I was always always giving extra vibrato, extra man. And after that, I got tired of doing that in college. Mm-hmm. I just stopped coming home. Right. I wouldn't come home for long times. I would come home for Christmas, mm-hmm. Mother's Day, Easter, CME. That's all I was. It's so interesting because I've said this to people before. There's this period when you're trying to, as a gay person, when you're trying to figure yourself out where you're estranged from your family and some of your close friends because part of it is because you're trying to figure yourself out but also it's because you're trying to hide this secret Mm -hmm. and you don't want anybody to know absolutely and so you're also looking for your connections within the gay community so it's like you start to distance yourself from the people that you were most comfortable with at one point right and i also distance myself from who, again, ignorance, who I would call the faggots, the girls who I met at the conference, mm-hmm. because they were so open with themselves. Right. I had the in-between girls, the girls who were just as lost as me. Right. And what's even worse about that is I've, I've destroyed and severed so many relationships because my mom, my dad, my family wasn't what I needed them to be. So similar to how the girls joined the, the ballroom mm-hmm. to get a family aspect, mm-hmm. I created a concept that we have in Igbo called Wane Dinamba, which basically means like, my brother outside of my family. Mm-hmm. And that was my friends. So now I'm expecting my friends to be my father, my friends to be my brothers, my friends to be my sisters. Did you date in that way too? Yes. And my, my relationships went horribly because now I'm putting on too much pressure of you that you're not signing up for mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm damaged because I was just trying to damage you as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, no, you're supposed to be my boyfriend, my dad, my brother, and my sister. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted that. All my relationships ended the same way with me being overly indulgent in those different sides so how did you reconcile that how did you cure yourself of that or do you think you're still trying to work through that well the boys who i met before were the unfortunately they were the 
They were the trial drug without any tests. Mm -hmm. uh, just uh, I like to do comparisons. They a, were a metaphor. They, they yeah. were my AZTs. Okay. Uh huh. No clinical runs. No clinical. They were the clinical tests without uh -huh. me even knowing it. Right. But now where I'm at now, you know, my my, my man is Travada. Okay. He he is the, the the solution. Okay. What actually works through the testing and because now my man. Now, the way I come at him, based off of what I know, those issues don't even come up right. ever anymore. Right. Which now makes me feel like arguments that once happened don't happen. Fights that once happened don't exist. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is my ex, who is my boss, who is also my best friend, who I talk to about, my new boyfriend, mm -hmm. all he can say is, why weren't you there for me? Right. 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 You know, what I've said before, I've said to people, you know, we've all been someone's disappointment. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes we always talk about how amazing we are. Oh, I'm a great catch. Yeah, you are today. Yes. But five years ago, seven years ago, ten years ago, you were somebody's disappointment because Trout. you hadn't grown. Mm -hmm. Into yourself. Into, into yourself. Your yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about this African community of gay people who probably are suffering the way that you are. Or were? They're suffering worse than me. Mm -hmm. What I can say, straight up, ain't nobody like me. Mm -hmm. I'm very unique. We're all unique, but I'm a little bit more unique. Because I am I grew up in a very strict family. Mm -hmm. Some families are more lenient. But not everybody is as vocal as me. I am the one. I, in every family, there's a me. Mm -hmm. And I'm that me, that person who goes against the grain from birth. I told my mother, I said, the first moment that I showed you that I was going to Grace and Grain was I was your first and only C-section. Mm. I had my own rules. You couldn't decide how I was coming out. I already knew that. I believe in spirituality. Mm -hmm. I was there to shake the table. And if you get into reincarnation, what my family believes in, mm -hmm. that's what my grandfather was too. He shook the table of the norm. And when you spoke earlier about how you, it was you against them mm -hmm. when you were telling them. Mm -hmm. And you compared it to Jesus and how you know everybody was against him. I've often believed, mm -hmm. I've often believed, and I've believed this for some time now, that we, come on, gay people, come on, are the chosen people. I have thought that and believed that in my heart for some time. Absolutely, because we're the discarded few. Yeah, we're the ones that nobody wants mm -hmm. until it becomes beneficial. Yes, in Catholic faith, it says, after those men put Jesus on that cross. And when Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my father, my father, why have you abandoned me and died? Mm -hmm. The first thing them soldiers that put him up there said was, surely this was the man of God. But you needed him to die first mm -hmm. before you believed him. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing. Isn't that not different from what my sister told me? Go back to school, get a higher education, what Africans value. When you do that, no one can say anything to you. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing, an idea of renaissance rebirth mm -hmm. to be accepted. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a part of like the culture. Um, like for, for many gay men, even when you think back to elementary school, the smartest kids in class, it was either the little gay boy and a girl or the gay boy. And then even when you think about us as a community, we're, when you compare black gay men to heterosexual gay men, we far exceed in terms of achievement. Supersede. Yeah. And I think it's because we intrinsically know that we have to be better. Mm -hmm. Because you can't say anything else other than you're a faggot. Mm -hmm. 
That's it. But I have my degree. Mm-hmm. I make this salary. I have this amazing place that I live in. I drive the best car. Like everything has to be in order for us. Mm-hmm. And I think also part of the reason why some of us have such quick wit and quick tongues is because we've always been on the defense. We're always waiting for somebody. We've gotten so accustomed to people saying something sideways to us, mm-hmm. and so we're we're ready. Mm-hmm. Listen. I've always said this, a gay black man to hetero black men and women is what black people are to white people. Yes. And what heteros don't need to understand, and I don't like the word straight because straight to Mm -hmm. me symbolizes that you're correct, Mm -hmm. that you're the standard. Mm -hmm. No, Mm ma'am. What I believe is this, and it's beyond beyond my belief, it can be proven. Mm -hmm. Black people assimilate differently when they're into a position of power. Mm-hmm. That's why house niggas act different when they got in the house mm-hmm. and feel niggas can no longer relate because they had a sense of power. Mm-hmm. Similar to the psychological study they did at, I forget what university, I think Stanford many years ago, where it was a class, a classroom of people who, who were taking the same course. They put them in a lab and said, this part of the class, you are the police and you all are the robbers. And with that power, mm-hmm. those people that were equal start to literally almost kill each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that extra it's that extra step up. Yeah. But that's also, it's bad, but what makes it good is it now lets us gays know that if a black person has to be 10 times swifter than a white person, mm-hmm. a gay person has to be 100 times. Because we're quick. Yeah. Every strategy, every organization, every movement, we're in it. Civil rights yeah. led by us. I said that just the other night on my Facebook Live. Mm. Every movement in this country. Everyone. We're at the forefront. Forefront of, every single time. Yeah. And, and, and a friend of mine said, black gay men save the black community. Period. Period. But we will, we will never get that acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go too deep. Mm-hmm. But it even gets deeper than that because now... Now the, listen, the white oppressed the black, mm-hmm. now the black oppressed the gay black, mm-hmm. and then now the, now we need to find our own people to oppress, because that's how life works. Mm-hmm. Now the gay blacks oppress the trans. It becomes a cycle. Listen, now if you don't say nothing else, you said that. Because I, I see what we do, and I see why we do it. That's why I stop it. And I would even venture to say that black people also make efforts to oppress Hispanic people. Yes. Yeah. They don't have our struggle, but they are struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have to acknowledge that as well. But we think sometimes struggle is exclusive to us, mm-hmm. and not just us, our type of us. Because we don't consider that same struggle when it comes to a black person maybe who grew up in, in the nicer side of town, who grew up in Boston with money. We won't see their struggle the same because you have to come from this place and that. It's It's... Again, slavery did its course. Mm-hmm. It is a forever, it is a life living document because whether white people stopped doing it, slavery became our DNA. Yeah. Where now we enslave ourselves through whether it be, it's not just gay and not gay, it's educated and not educated, mm-hmm. it's have and have nots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Men and women. Mm-hmm. And when my parents come up to me with the whole gay thing and my dad likes facts. I said, "Well, let's 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 go let's go historically, let's go to architecture, because you can't deny facts." I said, "Many kings were gay men." He said, "How do you know?" I said, "I'll tell you how I knew." First of all, look at 
old Victorian and even before that architecture. Did you ever know that a castle, look at a castle in all of your stories. The male's quarters was here, west. Mm -hmm. Female quarters was all the way east. Men were higher than women. To get to a woman's room, you're passing all male guards. Mm -hmm. Men used women to procreate, to keep the patriarchy going. But the men were their true pleasure seekers. They just didn't have a name for it. Mm -hmm. They didn't call it gay or anything. It's power. And they worked their studies that show King Ramsey was doing things with other men. It's, it's only simple. I mean, the woman was so far away. Mm -hmm. The other side. I need y'all to think about the other side of the castle. We're talking about huge castles, the size of small neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. You think you're gonna pass all the? And what did these men look like who were guarding these places? Mm -hmm. They were big. They were chiseled. Even in your straight communities, men cannot deny the looks of another man. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be attracted to them, but you can't deny it. When another man, when a scrawny man sees a big man muscular, he wants to be that. Mm -hmm. So there's a, some level of attraction. It doesn't have to be sexual. Mm -hmm. So this whole gay thing is not new. It just has a name. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I tried to explain it to him, and he didn't believe me. But I'm like, baby, check the history books. Ain't nothing new under the sun. The same way we can say HIV is not new. It's just named. It's just named. That's it. Anything that you want to leave us with? I'll leave y'all with this, my dears. I am weaker than I look, and I am weaker than I sound. My strength comes from me being vulnerable. Because once I show you where I'm weak at, that place automatically becomes strong. So I tell everybody, your vulnerability is your biggest strength. Oxymoron, but it's true. Because once they hit that side, that is once weak and small and little and nimble, you can never hit me there twice. And I, I, I will also say, like, be strong. Challenge the norm. Because the norm is not the norm until you challenge it. Make your own headway. You know, they say, follow the path, the righteous path. If you get into it, the righteous path is the one that nobody wants to take. So no shade, the righteous path is the gay path. Because last I check, my Lord and Savior, he was not sitting there with the kings and queens. He was sitting there with the prostitute at the well, with the Judas who betrayed him, with the Peter who denied him three times before the cock crows twice as prophesied. So if you see your imperfection as nothing important, your imperfection is perfection. Because God would want to be around the people like you. So no matter how, many, how much the church denies you, the community denies you, you, by the stories of the book, are the one that God lifts up on that last day. So don't just die. Resurrecting his image. You make me uh, excited about your generation. I was really nervous about your generation, but you speak with brilliance. And so if, if you are just an example of what your generation is going to bring, then I'm excited. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we are available for free in SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you can listen to a podcast. I invite you to subscribe. Please share this podcast with your friends, your family, your social media. Be safe. Keep loving yourself. And follow me. Hold on. Follow. Oh, go ahead. Edit this in or edit this Go out. ahead. Go ahead. Follow me on IG. E-Z-E, the truth. E-Z-E, the truth. 
follow me and I want to hear what y'all think about my story or what I have to say yeah so I can fortify myself and more importantly the community who hasn't reached where I'm at now I'm gonna follow you on Instagram yes. and I want you to subscribe to the podcast too oh, all right so listen guys we're here each and every Monday each and every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time be safe keep loving yourself